coming to you from the Deep South. This is the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast. High impact leadership is not reserved for leaders, and it has nothing to do with your position, title, or rank. However, it does have everything to do with your character. It's time to climb to the next level and beyond, personally and professionally. Now, let's start making it happen with your host, Max Story. Hey, everyone. Thanks for stopping by the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast and listening, listening in today. Today, I continue my 30-part series on my book, Blue Collar Leadership and Culture, The Five Components for Building High-Performance Teams. So again, this book's based on what I shared with you in uh, Chapter 6, The Transformation Equation. We're still in the leadership development component, those five components that we talked about. Still in the leadership development component, and today I'm going to be talking to you about Chapter 10. Chapter 10 is titled The Leadership Dilemma, and here's the dilemma. It's the subtitle of Chapter 10. You can't develop others without developing yourself. That's quite a dilemma. See, a lot of leaders, a lot of leaders think that, uh, they want to transform the culture, so they want everyone else to do it. They think bring somebody in like me to transform their culture. And they may very well need somebody like me. But what the leader has to know is you can't develop others without first developing yourself. I tell leaders, some leaders bring me in and the leader thinks they don't have to be involved. They're the CEO or they're the business owner. They think they can just kind of get me in to make it happen, and they've done their job. It doesn't work like that, not when it comes to culture change. Because what will happen, as soon as I start teaching these people, these team members, whatever I'm teaching them, it's not what that leader has been teaching them. If it was, they wouldn't need cultural transformation. They would already be there. The leader would have already taken them there. So the leader's got to understand I've got to learn this stuff. If I don't learn it before they learn it, I got to learn it with them. I got to be humble. I got to be in the room. Because soon as soon as the, the team starts learning what's in these books, or if I'm there speaking to them, whatever they're learning, the first thing people do, they shouldn't do it, and I tell them not to do it, but it's, it's what people do. They start looking out the window and seeing how everyone else around them is doing especially their leaders. And this is where it gets complicated. It's hard to get people to buy in when the leaders are not applying this stuff. But if the leaders will stand up and say, we haven't been doing it this way, but we believe this is a better way, I've got to get better just like you've got to get better. You're going to be looking at me trying to get better. I'm going to be looking at you trying to get better. What we need to know is we're both trying to get better. Neither one of us are perfect but this is a path that we want to go down. That's the kind of message that would need to be, be presented. So I want to share a quote with you to open today from a United States Marine Corps retired Colonel Tom Connolly. He says, becoming a leader is a lifelong endeavor of study, action, reflection, and refinement. 
Leadership development never ends. Remember, we covered that in a previous episode. And you can't develop others without first developing yourself. You may be able to hire someone else to develop others. But then that someone else is going to have the connection and the relationship with the team. You've got to be able to do it as a leader yourself. Then when you bring someone in, if you're growing and developing, you and whoever you bring in to support the growth and development, because I, I understand the CEO or business owner or, or VP or different executives or any level leader, they've got a, another job to do as well. So they may very well and they then they should bring in folks like me to help and support them. But that's the key. I should be supporting them. I should be an extension of them and their values and their beliefs. And if not, they simply have to be humble and then they do have to be involved and engaged and participating and definitely sitting in class as much as possible, taking notes and learning and laughing and having discussions with the people as this culture, cultural transformation actually occurs. So when you consider the leadership development component in the transformation equation, you should know it consists of two parts. And I mentioned this early, earlier, but development of self and development of others. Two key components. <clears throat> Developing others is, is not about you, but it starts with you. Developing others is not about you, but it starts with you. Just like me speaking to you right now, or when someone reads my books. It's not about me, but it started with me. Developing others is not about me. But it started with me because I couldn't develop you or anyone else if I hadn't first developed me. And developing others is actually the motive, my motivation. When I realized I had value and I could change myself and transform myself and become a better leader of myself and my family and others, and I, I realized that my story of transformation, of me leading me, became motivational and inspirational for others, I got passionate about it. You know, because I know a bunch of the blue-collar workers that I grew up with, my first 10 years on the front lines, those people need a lot of help. I want to help those people. When I say those people, I mean those people who've not been introduced to this kind of content. There's a huge advantage when people have been introduced to this kind of content. Now, now they may decide they're not interested. They may not value it whatsoever. That's fine. They got to go live a life of, of not being in alignment with natural laws and principles. That's their choice. But I'm out there looking for people who maybe haven't heard this stuff like me. And when they hear it, it changes their life. And then as I work my way up through the engineering roles and support roles, and, and then I got into management, I realized all those people have the same exact problems as the people on the front line. Most of them have never heard this kind of stuff. They just do the best they can accidentally as they stumble through life and, and have some experiences and hopefully learn from those experiences. But you can accelerate growth and development when you choose to do it intentionally. 
So I want to tell you this little nugget. It's a hard pill for some leaders to swallow. High impact leaders, they already understand it. They know it 100% that it's true. Low impact leaders, they, they don't want to look in the mirror and accept responsibility. They want to look out the window and cast the blame. But here's the nugget. If the team isn't performing, it's because the leader isn't serving. Some people may not like the word serving. You can exchange that word for helping. If the team isn't performing, it's because the leader isn't helping or serving. What does that mean? It means it's the leader's responsibility to help the team, to serve the team. If they're not performing, why? Do they need competency training? Sometimes, yes. Most of the time, that's not the issue. Most of the time, it's character development that they need. And most of the time, it's their leader who isn't providing character development. It's also the leader, most of the time, who hasn't developed their own character. So they can't provide character development. So as a leader with a desire to create a high-impact culture that will ensure your organization becomes a highly sought-after employer of choice, your primary role is to lead the charge up the mountain. You, I will support you, but I'm not going to be there all the time. I'm not everyone's boss. You are. You're the leader. What do they see? Are you trying to improve yourself and help them improve and take you and your team up the mountain? They don't want to see you stand at the bottom of the mountain, tell them to go climb the mountain. Who wants to follow that leader? And they would prefer to follow a leader who's already been to the top of the mountain, who knows how to get there and come back down and helps the people climb the mountain. But if you haven't already been to the top of the leadership development mountain, the character development mountain, but you want to climb, feel free to climb with your team. But don't stand at the bottom and tell them to do it while you take it easy. you got to lead the charge up the mountain, whether you've been up it before or whether it's your first time. If you want to lead, guess what you have to do? You have to lead. But since you're not literally climbing a mountain, this means you must be the model of what you expect from others because someone is always watching, especially during culture change. Someone's always watching. Always, especially during culture change. I always tell people, if you're familiar with lean manufacturing, you've probably heard the analogy of when you learn about lean, it's like putting on a set of waste glasses and you put the glasses on and you're able to see waste in the process. What I tell people, when, when you start teaching people about personal growth and development, leadership development, it allows them to put on a set of glasses too. And it's, you, they're, not being a, they're not able to see waste in a process. They're able to see character flaws in people. And unfortunately, they use their glasses to look out the window at other people instead of in the mirror at themselves. But as soon as we start using our, our character glasses to look for flaws in ourselves, that's when we truly start winning the culture battle. And we start transforming ourselves, which is the key to transforming our culture. Someone's always watching. My favorite quote from Abraham Maslow. He said this, if we're not modeling what we're teaching, 
we're teaching something else. Let's say that one again. That's a big deal. If we're not modeling what we're teaching, we're teaching something else. <clears throat> and I'll give you a story as a leadership story right here, and I'm going to rate it, relate it back to home. And I've shared it before, but it fits right here. You know, when my son become a teenager, and again, I told you when he, at age 15, I've, I've shared that he stopped talking to me. At age 17, I discovered leadership development, personal growth books. When he was 19, I had a chance to rebuild the relationship after I've been studying this stuff for two years and applying it. So there was a four-year window where he didn't speak to me. But let's go back to when he was about 13, when he still was speaking to me. This is just one example of how I got it so wrong as a leader. When he became 13 or a teenager, you know, I didn't I didn't bring him in and, and have the – I wasn't such a bad dad that I brought him in and said, hey, man. You're about to be a teenager. You need to start drinking alcohol. Make your life better. You have lots of fun when you drink alcohol. And I, and Dad likes Crown Royal and Sprite, so that's that's a good place to start. <clears throat> I didn't do that. I wasn't that bad of a dad. I was worse. I was worse than that. I brought him in, sat him down, had a talk with him, told him about bad things that I had seen in my life. Friends who had been in accidents with, with other friends. One in particular where a, a friend was, was killed in a car accident because of uh, drinking and driving. And told him about mistakes that I had made. Things like that. that. That's the kind of stuff I talked about. But afterward, after I had that good talk, the next time Eric went to the refrigerator to get his milk or tea or soda or whatever he was drinking. Guess what he saw in the bottom shelf? The bottom drawer. Always had a bottom drawer full of beer. And between his bedroom and his bathroom, there was a little hall closet where the towels were kept. And there were two shelves on the bottom where something else was kept. Bottles of liquor. All kinds. Crown Royal for me and, and a lot of other kinds for people we'd invite over. So I went and had to talk with him about why he shouldn't drink, all the bad things that can happen. But what he saw me modeling was exactly the opposite. So I was being two-faced. I was being a two-faced parent. I say one thing, do another thing. That's just one example. One example of the many ways that I was duplicitous or two-faced. or In my case, I always used to say I was ten-faced. I was somebody different all the time to different people. Today, I can say because of my growth, I haven't drank alcohol since 2012. Stop cussing. Quit using profanity in 2012. Those are two big things that I talked about in my 10 Foundational Elements of Intentional Transformation book. And I did an 11-part series. If you haven't heard that, go back a little ways and, and you'll see uh, that series, 11-part series that I've, I've done talking about that book. That's what Abraham Maslow meant. If we're not modeling what we're teaching, we're teaching something else. Because I was teaching him what I was doing, not what I was saying. You, you always hear the old saying, actions speak louder than words. It's true. That's the exact same thing Maslow's saying. If we're not modeling what we're teaching, we're teaching something else. And the reason is, 
We're teaching what we're modeling regardless of what we're teaching. So no wonder Eric didn't want to follow me when he didn't have to. I wouldn't want to follow me either. I was a bad example. But I thought I was doing great. But I was doing the best I could without having ever learned all this stuff. That's why I'm telling you, help your team have a better life at work and at home. And those people become some very loyal people. Loyal when they're at work, loyal when they're not at work, meaning they're giving good word of mouth advertising, helping you become, as a team, the sought-after employer of choice. They understand their job will be easier when they're helping attract top talent. When they are top talent and they're helping attract top talent, their job gets easier because they got better people to work with. Better meaning more developed character. People who value positivity and avoid negativity and that sort of stuff. So the whole point of talking about modeling and sharing that story with you related to, to my son, Eric, is high impact leadership is more caught than taught. So is low impact leadership, leadership of any type, whatever type it is, it's more caught than taught. Meaning what people see versus what they hear matters most. Like a bunch of bad leaders follow a bunch of bad leaders. So they do what they see the bad leaders do because they think that's what leadership is. Unless they learn a different way from a different source. That's what you can do as a top leader is help people learn something they may have never been exposed to. You must become very intentional about your own personal development. You can't give what you don't have. Someone needs advice and you don't have any, you can't give it. If someone needs to hear a principle or a story that you don't have, you can't give it. Everything I'm sharing with you in my books and on my podcast, whenever I speak, if I didn't have it in me, I couldn't give it. And because I've grown and transformed so much, all of my bad stories actually become good stories. Because I'm able to leverage the bad stuff, teach a principle, talk about how I applied the principle and got better and left that life behind. Or pull myself through a tough situation. All kind of examples. But you can't give what you don't have. That's why someone who's a someone could be out there welding on the front line as a welder. And if they're into this stuff, if they're growing and developing themselves, they're going to have a ton of influence, a ton of positive influence. They're going to have tons of options. When people out in the world see who they are as a person, they're going to tell other people about them. They're going to tell them about their business, meaning who they are as an individual. Those people are going to have more options. High impact leaders out there in the world, when they hear about other high impact people, especially people they might want to add to their team, they go have a talk with them. And then when that high impact individual is sitting across the table from a high impact leader who's talking the same thing, if that leader's not you and this leader's at another company, this other company's about to steal your person. They're about to steal some of your top talent. And that top talent, a lot of times, wouldn't leave if they had leaders who were engaged in personal growth, leadership development, who were modeling what they're learning themselves. Got to get the leaders on board 
to help motivate, inspire, and get the people on board and also retain and attract top talent. It all goes together. But when it comes to learning, growth, and development on site or at a conference, the main thing is that your team sees you in class and knows you're on the development journey with them. This is not something you do to your team. Cultural transformation is not something you do to your team. It's something you do with your team. So the book I'm going to share with you at the end of this chapter that I have to help support you developing yourself first is uh, my book, 10 Values of High Impact Leaders. This book's got some good stuff in it. It's not. It's a small book, maybe 120 pages or 125. Uh, it's 10 chapters. So they're not, it's not the 30 chapter, three page format, although the book's about the same size. This was my second book. I wrote this before I figured out the 30 chapter, three page format that, that all my books have now. But first book was 250 pages. This one was 125. And, and now they're all basically 90 pages, 30 chapters. But I'll tell you a story. The first, when I first wrote my first book, Defining Influence, 250 pages, first thing people started saying was, this book's too big. And when I wrote it, I thought, there's nothing in this book. There's so much more to say. But I listened. I listened to the voice of the customer, the readers. And that's why my second book was 125 pages. And then I, I evolved into the 90-page book. So 10 Values of High-Impact Leaders is a resource for you. And uh, you can find that on Amazon. You can find it in my store. I don't have at this moment a an excerpt from it in the download section. I'm going to put one in there, but I'll just share with you right quick uh, the 10 values that are, I talk about in that book. The value of vision, the value of modeling, what we just talked about briefly, the value of responsibility, the value of timing, the value of respect, the value of empowerment. And actually, I want to give you the subtitle because it gives more meaning. So we'll go back and start over. The value of vision Vision is the foundation of hope. That's why when you start casting a vision of culture change, you're going to provide hope. It's this value, the value of vision, the hope that we can get better as individuals, that we can get better as leaders, that we can get better as an organization within our community. The second value, the value of modeling, and it touches on what I just said. Someone is always watching you. The value of responsibility I say when you take responsibility, you take control. As a leader, you take responsibility for leading, becoming a high-impact leader. You take control of your leadership journey. The value of timing. It matters when you do what you do. The value of respect. To be respected, you must be respectful. You must respect others. And then the value of empowerment. Leaders gain influence by giving it to others. A lot of leaders don't even understand that concept because they've never studied leadership development. But you gain influence by giving it to others. You don't lose influence. When I go into an organization, I'm helping everyone grow and develop their influence. And those who do it the most, I actually gain influence with them because they see that what I'm teaching them works. So they trust me more. So I have more influence with them in the future. 
It works the same way for leaders who actually work on site. Leaders gain influence by giving it to others. The value of delegation. And I'm telling you, if you bought this book and only read chapter 7, The Value of Delegation, you're going to learn about high-impact delegation. You're going to learn some gold. This book's worth that chapter by itself. But you should lead with questions instead of directions. And I'm not talking about delegation like go do this, go do that kind of stuff. This I'm talking about a completely different level of delegation. So this book, The Ten Values of High-Impact Leaders, Value 7 is the value of delegation. And I teach you the five levels of high-impact delegation in that chapter. Chapter 8 is the value of multiplication. None of us is as influential as all of us. Also, none of us is creative as all of us. None of us is as strong as all of us. It's really a chapter about synergy, where the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Chapter 9 is the value of results. Leaders like to make things happen. Chapter 10 is the value of significance. And I touched on it in a previous episode. Are you going to settle for success? Because remember, success is about you. Significance is about others. So in chapter 10, uh, value 10, I talk about five signs that you're successful. Then I talk about five signs that you're significant. And then I conclude this book with a chapter on momentum. So that's a that's a resource for you to help you take your leadership development to the next level so that you're not suf- suffering so much from the leadership dilemma. You got to develop yourself before you develop others. Tons and tons of resources. I'm sharing with you mine and Ria's. There's hundreds of thousands of, of others out there. You can go explore on your own. So I'm going to leave you with a quote from Bob Chapman. Bob Chapman is the CEO of Barry Waymiller. He actually leads. He's the he's the most high impact CEO that I'm aware of. He leads a he leads a massive organization about three billion uh, or so in sales. I think there's nearly 200 locations maybe, and I think 13,000 people. And this is is they do industrial machinery and manufacturing and engineering type stuff but bob leads like like i talk about in all my books and beyond that he's like the best model i know of the kind of leadership i talk about and he's doing it in a massive blue collar organization and you can look him up he's got a great book called everybody matters it's tremendous book and when you learn who bob is and who he how he is how he leads his organization i promise you you'd be like You may not even know Bob. You just read his book. You know you would want to work with Bob and be on his team. So here's a quote, kind of long. I'm going to share right here at the end. Wrap up chapter 10 in Blue Collar Leadership and Culture. Bob says, we make some of the best industrial machinery in the world. But I would not go to my grave being proud of all the machines we have built. Instead, I will be deeply grateful for all the lives that we touched and uplifted in our journey. The machinery we build is just the economic engine that enables us to touch lives. The flourishing of those lives is our paramount concern. That's some pow- those are powerful words from Bob. 
You can tell a lot about that man. If that was all you knew about that man was that quote, you could make a pretty good decision if you want to follow him or not. That's not the kind of words you hear from a manager of people. That's the kind of words you hear from a high-impact leader of people. Bob's a good example. This book, Blue Collar Leadership and Culture, it's written in a way to be a, a small but very impactful roadmap and guide to help you go create the kind of culture that Bob has already created tremendously in his organization. I hope, hope you enjoyed today's episode. Talk to you next time. Make it happen or someone else will. It might as well be you. Are you serious about taking your career and your life to the next level and beyond? Check out Max Story's Blue Collar Leadership Series books and others now available on audio along with paperback and ebooks at Amazon, iTunes, and Audible. Please visit bluecollarleadership.com to learn about Max books, programs, special offers, certifications, and more. Thank you for listening to the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast.